And we are back here in the studio, kcsm.org. Okay, we'd, we'd like to welcome Sylvia Nevadas Garza to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Well, thank you. And uh, she's going to give us a little history on an organization that started here in San Marcos called Las Gardenias. And then from there, it transitioned into the Pioneers, uh, Pioneers Club and then into the uh, women's softball team, Pioneers Women's Softball Team. But first, I'd like to ask her to introduce herself and to give us a little background history uh, on herself, um, who her parents were, uh, what neighborhood she grew up in, and those types of things, her names of her brothers and her sisters. So thank you. All right. My, of course, they've already told my name, so you know that my name is Sylvia. And, um, well, I grew up in the neighborhood of the Big Tree Gardens, and my parents bought the property there a whole block way back when World War II was on, and I think it was in 1940 or somewhere around in that time. It just barely opened. They had just barely opened the Victory Gardens. There were not but very few little houses there. And, um, and I could tell you everybody that lives there, everybody that lives there, I know their names. And some of them, some of the parents are gone, but some of the kids are still living there. And um, my father's name was Dan Nevarez, and my mother's name was Adelpha Nevarez, Gonzalez Nevarez. And uh, they were, they came to San Marcos in the 1920s. And uh, they lived on Fredericksburg Street here in San Marcos from the very beginning when they came. Then, um, of course, my dad was a um, self-employed all his life. He was a businessman. He had his own um, machine where he did sheep sharing and goat sharing. And he worked uh, Wimberley, Blanco, Johnson City, all in those areas where they had all the goats and the sheep. So that's where he went. And at one time, uh, we moved, uh, oh, maybe one or a few years to Kyle because it was closer to his work. And uh, he bought property there, and we lived there for a while. And that's where he met um, Kathy's grandmother and grandfather. And they became very, very good friends, and they became compadres. And I don't know if you know what that means, but that means like godparents or something like that. And um, they became very close, very good people. And when my dad decided that he was going to come to San Marcos, well, he bought that property a whole block, and he started um, making houses for my for ourselves and for my grandmother and for my sister, two sisters, and uh, then the rest of the area he sold. But we still had one more area there that he had not sold, which was about two houses from my house. And um, Mr. Salveda came, and he and they came over to the house, and. He, I sure would like to move to San Marcos, but I haven't been able to find property that I can afford and, you know, stuff like that, you know. A long time ago, it was hard to buy stuff because property was, it wasn't expensive, but to them it was because in those days, everything was real expensive, but you only paid like a nickel or a quarter or whatever, you know. But you didn't make that much. No, so you didn't. Was, no, yeah. no, you didn't. And um, so my dad went ahead and... Uh, sold uh, his compadre, Mr. Salvera, uh, the property, two houses from my house, from our house, so that he could have uh, property to live in San Marcos. 
and um, he told him, you can pay me as you go along, don't worry about it, and, you know, and that's, they took the word. In those days, when you said you were going to do something, you did it. It's not like nowadays. You got to put it in black and white, or it's no good. You sign a contract. And yes. Name. <laughs> in those days, you shook hands and they said, "Yeah, we're going to do it," and that's it. And they did it, and it and it got paid. You know, so they lived there. They we both lived there, and all their kids and everything. So that's how I know Kathy. And so do you do you know how much the lots? were purchased for by your dad I at that think, time? I think they might have been like maybe $200 a lot or something like that. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't rem quite remember quite good, but I'm almost sure that that was about, but that was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. back then. Back then it was a lot of money. You worked hard to make that because in those days they paid you like 250 cents an hour or stuff, maybe less, you know. Well, and back then, a, like a car would have been a hundred dollars. Oh yes, know, a new car like, was like two hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, yeah. or three hundred dollars, and that was like three thousand, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it just put into perspective. Well, yeah. you know, and she mentioned her mother's name, but I never knew her mom's full name because I always called her Doña Delfa. And her name was Delfa. Delfa. So, isn't? And back then, you when you addressed the ladies, you always addressed them as Doña. Yes, you did. Or miss. Uh, you don't. You don't hear that anymore. Mm, well, you know nowadays when I have some nephews on the Freddy's on my husband's side, mm -hmm. they're not raised like you know that they're supposed to respect their elders. Okay, so they come over and one time they came. One of them came over and said, "Oh, hello, Sylvia." And I looked at her and I said, "What did you say?" And she said, well, I said hello. I said, you don't say hello to that. Don't you have any respect? <laughs> I am your aunt, and you're addressing me as Aunt Sylvia, or you're addressing me as Miss Sylvia. Uh, but, you know, we talk a lot about that, too, yeah. how we see a lot of the, the customs changing and a lot of the, the as you say, respect. Has that is respect. Yeah. You know, that's what we used to call in the old days respect. Well, and you were taught that as children, you know, and, yeah. you, you know, and, and you knew when you came in uh, how you were supposed to act. And yeah. uh, that was, we've lost that. Yes. Yeah. Well, my kids, I didn't lose it because I raised my kids. And All right. They had to go hug their aunts and uncles. And now they're training their kids that they got to go shake hands or hug their 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 aunts and uncles or cousins or Good. whatever. Yeah. Good. Well, you, you, you know, you teach them with respect, and in turn they teach the, the next generation. They have the to, otherwise thing. it's going to yeah. fade away. So tell me, growing up in uh, Victory Gardens when you were much younger, tell me what that was like. Oh, well, it was a lot of fun in those days. We were There were no cars, uh, very few little cars, you know, and the streets were all gravel. It wasn't paved. They were not paved. They were gravel. Oh, wow. And thinking you going around barefooted in the gravel. And we used to, and it didn't bother us at that time, you know. I don't know why, but it didn't bother us. We used to play baseball in the street. We used to, um, I mean, marbles with the guys, because we were tomboys, you know. We'd play marbles with the guys. We'd play cowboys with the guys, because there wasn't too many girls that would do that. But there was a lot of guys, and they didn't have enough guys. So they said, come on and play with us, you know. And uh, we played three streets it was armstrong roosevelt and camacho. camacho those were the three streets that were only there at that time and i know everybody that lived on armstrong on roosevelt and camacho and and it's uh, i guess kind of sad to say as as we've gotten older so many of those people have passed on 
And there aren't that many left now, right? In no, the there's only like, let me see. Mrs. Dudon. There's this Mrs. Dudon. I think she, didn't she die? No, she's, she's still living. Mr. Dudon passed away. And then, of course, we just lost um, but Janie. Michael, yeah, Janie Vasquez. And, um, and of course, um, uh, the, the Flores are gone, gone from there. But they used to leave the Flores, the, the, uh, the Rangel, Vasquez. Rangel. Uh, Vasquez, Gonzalez, Gonzalez, Rodriguez, Vecinaez, Lara, uh, Villanuevas, and then on the on the next street there was the the uh, Torres. That was really something in those days. The Torres, Mr. Torres had a band, and it was called the the Torres and Tropicales. Oh, that that's uh, Jamie. Yeah, hi, yeah. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, we, they used to practice every night, you know, and there. And then the Flores on Armstrong had another band, band. and uh, they uh, played every 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 night. Also, they practiced, you know, the, all the boys' new instruments, Herm, all of Herman, all the sons, Jesse. all the sons, all of them. Herman, Mike, Jerome. Um, what is the other one's name? Uh, Robert, I think. What's the, the Flores' name? Mike and uh, you know, Mike, Jerry. Jer Mike and Jerry and um, uh, Herman, Herman and, and Jesse. Jesse, but Jesse at the time was too Smaller. too small. Mm -hmm. he, he wasn't playing anything at the time, but all the other ones were. There were two more boys. I don't remember Herman. Who, who's those? Was it who's those? I don't remember. No, it was. Um, what was the name of the one who lived in San Antonio? We only knew nicknames then. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was a. <laughs> what was his nickname? Rabbit. Rabbit. Oh, that's right. La Coneja, oh, they used to uh -huh. call him. Yeah, and they had another band, and uh, and Jerry was a singer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then I and then I went into the singing is department. To, is that Toto? The Toto, okay. yeah. And then I went into the singing department, and uh, I did real good. I was doing real good. So you all so, you sang with them as well? Yes, oh, I so sang with them. Which band that. was this? Los Tropicales or the Flores? No, this was the Flores. The Flores. Yeah. yeah. Now, see, Los Tropicales was uh, uh, my friend uh, Jamie. Uh, it Torres was Patsy said, and Celia. It was on two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh -huh. And we talked to him about uh, his mother and his aunt mm -hmm. that uh, just got uh, nominated for uh, some lifetime well, they got awards. Inducted, inducted. Inducted. Yeah, to the Conjunto Hall of Fame in San Antonio. Yeah. Or Celia? No, uh, Lala. 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 Uh -huh, Lala Garza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the Tropicales, they were from here. And uh, there was Mr. Torres, and then he had a brother also. And they both uh, did the music, and then they had their sons mm -hmm. to play. And then one daughter would sing. Her name was Celia. Celia. And Patsy would play the piano, mm -hmm. and Celia would sing. And she could really sing. You know, they would sing in, uh, in events that they call them in, you know, like in clubs, or they had a birthday or a wedding or whatever they would go play. And of course, they played at the Plataforma all the time where we go dancing, you know. What was what was that one? The Plataforma? The, oh, that was the Voctemac, but at the time, they okay. did, it wasn't closed. It was, it was all outside. Okay. All they had was just a stage where the band had to play because if it rained, you didn't want the instruments to get wet. So that was the only place that was covered. And then the rest is just a big old block of concrete, you know. So and that's where we danced. And it had a fence around it so that... There's benches so everybody could sit down, but if you wanted to dance, you had to pay as you go in there. You couldn't just go in. 
It was open, all open. Everybody could see, but you had to pay to go in. So about what year was that when the Plataforma was there and everybody? Oh, it was like that, in the 40s, late 40s? It was, yes, it was in the late 40s or middle 40s or something, uh -huh. somewhere around in there. Uh, when I started going there, when, of course, I didn't live very far away from there. I just crossed the, the creek, and I was already there. at the Plataforma, yeah. you know. And I started dancing when I was real young because I was there all the time. So I started dancing when I was about 10. Is that, is that how you met him at uh, the dance? No, I, yes, I met him at a dance. I did. Here we go. But that was not in there. That was, was in another there, dance yeah. here. Do you remember that there was a dance on uh, Comal Street? That there was a dance hall there? Oh, is that the one where the beat was? No, the this was used to be... Um, like a building, a big building right there where the telephone company uh -huh, is, uh -huh. but towards Martin Luther King this way. Okay. And uh, there was houses on the bottom. People lived on the bottom, and in on the top, there was a club. Uh, yeah, I remember And it that. was called the Casino Night Club. I remember that. And that's where I met him. Uh, I see. <laughs> I, I think my dad said, I can't remember if they lived in the bottom at one time. They did. Yeah. They did. My they dad's did. family, yeah. When, 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 we, when we were living on Fredericksburg Street, mm -hmm. which is that going like right. that, we were going, we were living towards this way, towards the town. Mm -hmm. And they were living across the, mm -hmm. the Martin Luther King on, the, on those things. Like I said, you know, they, they knew each other real well, you know. Was there a big metal sign on the front of there that went the whole top of the building down uh, that said something about dance or anything? Yes. Okay. I, there was a big sign that said Casino Nightclub. Yes. And Okay. So a few years back, that ended up over in Purgatory Creek. Really? And it's over behind where the, uh, um, where the Justice Center is. And uh, it was, who knows how it ended up there, but we did a cleanup through is the river cleanup. Right? Well, and maybe the flood. I don't know. Or maybe Phil, you know, a lot of times. A lot of times it was Phil. Yeah. And, you know, that was just where, that was where the trash went. You know, people would, you know, we'd fill in the land and fill in stuff. And so uh, we had, uh, it took the rugby team from the university. They picked it up, found a rattlesnake underneath it too, by the oh. way. But we got the sign had been out there and I've got some old pictures of it, but I've always... I, someone had said that it was from one of the dance halls. Yeah, uh, that's what that's a dance hall because that's the only dance hall there was. Okay, I mean, like for the public, you know, a, yeah. a nice club where you go dance. Families could go and dance, not just a nightclub where you go drink beer. No, they didn't even sell beer at the time. It was dry here. Right, and uh, I was telling some kids about the stories uh, about going down that you had to go over uh, into. Uh, uh, the Colorado other counties, County. you, mm -hmm. call it, you had to go over into Guadalupe or you had to go over Come into Comal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then, you know, there were still people brought beer back over. Yeah, from they would there. go to the right there to the borderline and they would bring their beer in. Mm -hmm. their liquor. They had a liquor store over there, too. So they would go buy the liquor and the beer over there, bring it to, to San Marcos. Yeah, I had. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you remember Miss Trini Soto? Yes, of course. She lived close to my house. There you go. Okay, so I had uh, the honor of uh, talking with her in her backyard and interviewing her back when she was ninety before she yes. passed. And uh, she was talking about her husband and her brother used to go down to make the beer run over to uh, uh, there, and they were talking about the ghost stories uh, yes. along the way uh, because they'd be going through the middle of the night down Hunter Road, going over to uh, there, and that's always one of the stories I love to hear. And, yeah, they used to say that there was a lot of ghosts in there, and there was a tree there that everybody would stop in. They they call it, uh, uh, let me see, what was it called? 
los árboles del sentimiento. Oh, okay. That's that's what it was called. And and the drunk people they were coming in from O'Reilly's, from <laughs> Riley's bar, you know, yeah. they would stop there and that's what they would stay. They would drop there and then drink a beer and start crying about their girlfriends or whatever it was. It was that way they called it so that. The tree of sentiments. Huh? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it is, uh, it's, yes. It, I'm sorry, I forgot to give you, a, we're going to take a quick station ID break. I'm sorry, we got talking and I know better than that. We'll be right back with you. This is KZSM.org, True Community Radio, and we'll be right back with you after this quick station ID break. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Epilepsy. One in 26 people will develop epilepsy at some time in their life. With your support, the Epilepsy Foundation of Central and South Texas provides information, programs, and events to help improve awareness, increase access to care, and make a difference for people with epilepsy. If you have epilepsy, visit efcst.org and check out the services such as medical clinics, support groups, and services designed to improve your life. Find out more on Facebook at Texas Epilepsy. Order in the court. In the distant year of 2021, mankind has traveled to the far reaches of outer space. This vast galaxy is full of life forms of every shape and size, and there is one common need that unites them all. Not food, not water. In space, everybody needs a lawyer. But who can rise to the challenge? Who has the guts to defend the denizens of our universe? I'll tell you who. Lance Vibrato, Astronaut Attorney. Tune in every Sunday at 9 p.m. to hear the cosmic courtroom comedy that befalls Lance Vibrato, Astronaut Attorney. Only on KZSM.org. This is Patsy Leal, host of a new show here on KZSM.org, appreciating classical music. Join me every fourth Thursday at 2 p.m. for an exploration of what makes classical music relevant today. Celebrate the best of classical composers and their masterpieces in an easy-to-digest, hour-long show. That's Appreciating Classical Music with me, Patsy Leal, right here on kzsm.org, True Community Radio. And we're back with you here with... uh, uh, in the studio with Racist Roots and uh, Kathy Laura, and uh, we've got Sylvia here with us to regards to talking about memories, mm-hmm. stories. 
in in our initial conversation before we got to the Pioneers uh, Club, mm -hmm. you had mentioned Las Gardenias, and you said this was the start of, of everything. So give us a little bit of information about, about okay. Las Gardenias. I am not too familiar with it. I just know because my sisters were involved here, my two older sisters. And, of course, I was a baby, so I was still kind of young, you know. But I remember them saying that they had joined the Gardenia Club and that they were all ladies. And I remember my mother asking her, well, what are y'all going to do? What is it all about, you know? And, I, you know, when you're a kid, you will put ears all over, you know. So I was the baby, you know, so I was out there putting ear all on everything, you know. And uh, then I remember them saying, well, it's a club, Mom. It's going to be... Uh, we're going to help people when people die. Uh, we're going to help them uh, with their uh, worries or whatever. We need to help them with paperwork or family matters or whatever. And we're also going to make food for them. And, and we're going to greet people as they come in and um, make them comfortable. You so know? kind of like a bereavement committee? Yeah. And, uh, and that's how that started. Now... Um, I don't remember what happened after that, but uh, it didn't stay very long because uh, some of the ladies started having children, you know, and uh, and then they were too involved with their kids and stuff, so it dissolved, you know. But when my sister died, my sister died at 29 years old. She was in an automobile accident mm. on the 4th of July. I think it was on the 4th of July. And um, they were the pallbearers. They also performed that for the ladies that wanted when the lady died. Uh, so they were pallbearers to my sister Mary. And uh, they helped a lot at the funeral and all that. So that's the, the, the last that I, they weren't yet even a gardenia club by then, but they all got together because she was one of them. So they all find it, found each other so they could do it, you know. And they did it. And, and and so you mentioned your sister Mary was a member, and then your sister Caroline? Yes, my sister Caroline. And did you remember who the other members were? Well, yes, uh, Lile Ruiz and uh, Lile, ba and Lile uh, Vialpando, Mary Mendez, and, um, oh, I don't remember all of them. Is it Mary Regalado? Oh, yeah, well, that was my daughter, my sister. Your sister. Uh, my sister, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that they were the ones, and, uh, of course, I'm sure that there were some more, but I don't remember all the other ones. I remember all of these ones because they were friends to my sisters, and they used to come to the house, all of them. Oh. So that's how I remember that all of them were gardenias. And so so when when the gardenias folded, then it turned into the pioneers? No, not, a, not right away. Uh, that, that went on for a while without no, nobody doing anything. And then all of a sudden, some of the older ladies... I was not involved in the beginning. It was uh, my sisters and Agrippina and Chita and Baudelia and Nora and uh, Elsie, Belia Mendez. Um, Janie Lucio. Janie Lucio. And uh, they started the, the Pioneers Club. It was a ladies club, Pioneers Ladies Club. And um, it was going to be to help education, to help the kids and, you know, things that they needed to help with the city, um, help the people that were running for offices, go mm -hmm. to house by house to 
get their boats for them. You know, black so grassroots, grassroots, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was the Pioneers Club. That's what we started. And I, they had started, and then my sister said, "Well, you need to join because you're very active." So I said, "Well, okay." So I was a younger one, so I was the last one to go in. You know, me and Bavelia, we were the younger ones, so we were the last ones to go in, and. Uh, so that's what it was all about, the education and uh, the boating stuff. And uh, we also used to uh, uh, do Boltex because uh, I, don't like, I don't really like to talk about prejudice or racism or nothing like that. But at that time, there was a lot of it then. And we had to, they wouldn't give them the Boltex, so we would, they didn't have the money to pay for it because you had to pay hey. one dollar. And they in didn't order have, to vote. In order to vote. So we would go get their addresses, their names and stuff, and then said, if you don't have the dollar, that's okay, we'll pay for you. And we, the club would pay for the people that did not have the dollar to vote. So how did, how did you guys earn your money? Because it sounds like y'all were more like an activism club. So it was, like it is, Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, it started out as raffles at the beginning when it was just a club. When it was just the Pioneers Club, it was just, we'd do raffles, we'd sell raffle, we'll raffle this lamp, we'll raffle something nice, you know, something big or something for the kitchen or whatever. And we would make, that was how we would make our money. And then of course we had to pay our dues. There was dues of us that we had to pay, you know. I think it was, I remember, I think it was $2, you know, that we had to pay for a year mm -hmm. for the dues. So did, did a lot of the people um, at that time, because you had to pay to vote, were there a lot of people that could not afford to yes, pay? Yes. So y'all must have. Uh, put there, out a there lot of was money. a lot of people that couldn't vote a vote because they didn't have the money to pay for their poll tax. So that's why we decided that we were going to raise money for those people that couldn't pay their poll tax, and we would ask them if they wanted to yet buy the poll tax. But they didn't have the money, and they said yes. I said, but we don't have the money to pay. And I said, if we pay the money to pay, will you vote for, you know, to get your poll tax? You do, would you like it? And they say yes. So that's what we did. We, and of course, being a small town and everybody knows everybody, we knew everybody, you know. So we would go all over to, to, to make the poll tax. So about what year was this? This was in the 50s. Wow. So when you paid for the poll tax, did were there certain candidates that you supported? That, no, no? Uh, we at the time we didn't support anybody because there was nobody running. Oh, okay. At the beginning, okay. So after we got all the poll tax, the people with the poll tax, and we knew that we had a lot of people already have their poll tax, then we decided we're gonna get somebody to run for this office and this office and this office, and then. Uh, of course, we would have meetings and say, this is who we're going to vote for. Do you want to vote for this or this or this? And this is who we're going to support. And, and that's how we did it. So when you first started, then you didn't, um, there, you didn't support anybody at the local level. Was it at state level or at, at the national level? Is that? No, and we supported everybody in the town. Oh. In the town. And then the only time we would support is when the president election was coming in. Okay. But as far as... Uh, anything else we did well you know i i i want to mention this because of course a lot of the ladies that are on this list I, I knew but when i sat down to write write this dan and i 
got a better look at it and I, I started to realize that a lot of these ladies that we are now calling activists really here in San Marcos were a backbone because a lot of these ladies went on to own businesses later on or in the case like uh, Agrippina and, mm -hmm. and she, Chica. She helped her dad. Yeah, they, they helped their dad over at Arredondo's grocery store. And Vicky Salcedo Contreras went on to have her flower shop and shirts. Mm -hmm. And of course, Janie Vela Lucio, everybody knew her as an independent Avon lady. lady here in oh. San Marcos, and she was well known uh, here. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Betty, your sister, mm -hmm. went on to own City Appliance Good with guess. her husband. And uh, then, of course, there's you and uh, Mr. Yeah, Garza. well, I went into business by myself behind the telephone company, uh, and it was called Silver's Foot to Go in 1965. And so we're going to have her back up in the show hopefully like in September and then we've got a whole other whole other stuff that we're going to talk about there so but yeah so look at these activist ladies who ended up being that backbone of our small business here in San Marcos that's it are you ready for us uh, can we take a station yeah, break and we'll come break. back uh, you are listening to racist roots uh, here on kzsm.org and uh, this is the the new time slot for this one hour show and uh, you know formerly Hispanic stories but we are uh, uh, getting some really good stories Sylvia thank you for coming in today this has been you're great welcome. and we're gonna take a quick station ID break uh, you and uh, we'll be right back with you as Rob Burke your host along with Kathy Laura here uh, well, I'm more engineering this one. Kathy's the host in this show. I'll be right back with you. Hey, San Martians, read any good books lately? Read any bad books lately? Any books you'll never forget? Any books you want to fling directly into the trash? Whatever you've been reading, or not reading, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. Do you love listening to great music? Are you interested in topics that can blow your mind? Do you like having a good time when listening to the radio? If so, then listen to Into the Gray, Friday mornings, 10 till noon. Into the Gray is a public interest radio program we can all enjoy. That's Into the Gray, Friday mornings, 10 a.m. until noon on kzsm.org in San Marcos, Texas. Anybody out there interested in chess? Join us at the San Marcos Local Chess Club. We get together every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the San Marcos Public Library. All levels are welcomed. Everybody is welcomed. All ages are welcomed. It's a really chilled environment just to enjoy and play some chess all together. The 12th Annual Texas State International Piano Festival will be held from June 4th through June the 11th and will feature daily performances by young pianists, guest artists, and rising stars from all over the world. The festival is designed to foster students' artistic development and create an international network of musicians from varied backgrounds. Performances on June 4th and June 11th will feature pianists accompanied by the Central Texas Philharmonic at Texas State's Performing Arts Center located at 430 Moon Street. Parking is available behind the center. For free tickets for these two events, contact Marianne at lifelonglearningsm at gmail.com or 
216-624-2267. For more information about the festival, contact Dr. Jason Kwok, Distinguished Professor of Piano and Director of the Piano Festival at jk45 at txstate.edu. And uh, yes, check that out. That is going to be great uh, for the uh, uh, piano uh, concerts uh, coming up here at the uh, Texas State University. And uh, we're uh, here back in the studio. And I wanted to ask you, Sylvia, there was, you'd mentioned about the streets, the gravel streets Mm -hmm. in uh, uh, there. And I had heard the story that in Victory Gardens, that in the 70s, that everybody was so fed up with the gravel streets and not getting paved that they marched on City Hall. Yes, they did. It was uh, uh, all the neighborhood got together and the other neighborhoods too. And of course, some of the, like Ruben Reis and uh, uh, Luciano Flores and um, uh, let me see, who was the other one, honey? De La Rosa. Oh, Willie. Uh-huh, the older man. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would all gather up all the people and stuff, and yeah, they did. They marched to the city hall, and after that, they they form a a thing where they fought for it, and they say why they didn't, you know, why wouldn't they they pave those streets when they were paving all the streets on the white area? Why weren't they paving the ones in the Spanish area? And uh, then after that, um, I guess they they fought and talked and all this kind of stuff until. Maybe months later, they started, you know, doing it, fixing it and paving it. Well, look how long it took them to get everything finished up down there. And uh, the last uh, project here, I think we're still still finally trying to get all that cleaned yeah, up. Yeah, they're still fine. They're still, I mean, they got, they got a, a company that came and started it, and then they couldn't finish it, and they did, they did all of the wrong, and then they had to hire another company to do it. Yeah. I, it just—it was such a travesty down there. I've talked about that on my other show. I, I, yeah, I remember times. telling Sal, "When in the hell are they going to finish these streets? We can't even go through here. Our cars are all messy, and there's bumps all over, and people can get their cars wrecked." Yeah. Well, thank you for, and Kathy. It, I didn't mean to no, hijack. It, it, I just it, wanted. It wasn't a pretty sight, but of course, you know that that's kind of activism. There it is. Yeah. You know. Um, so when the pioneers um, started, and what year did did they dissolve? Or yeah, they really uh, didn't dissolve. We turned it into a baseball team. Okay, you turned it into a baseball yes, team. Yes, so t- tell us a little bit about that. And what year was family? that? What when was that? That was in the seven. No, yeah, I think it was in the. Let me see, sixties or sixties? I think. Yeah, you, said, you said the sixties. Yeah, yeah, it was in the sixties. We started. We changed it to a baseball team because, like I said. Uh, the ladies were too busy, and they were they had to work. A lot of them had to start to working, you know, and everything. In those days, the lady didn't work, but after that, they started working, you know. And uh, after they knew that, hey, I can work too, you know. And uh, so we decided to turn that, and um, a lot of the ladies, we played uh, ball, and um, we had, my brother-in-law was the coach. He was our first coach, and he was a uh, Master Sergeant in the Air Force in San Antonio. And, and his name was? Bobby Badia. And um, he was our coach, and he was a good, and he was real strict with us. He, he thought we were in the military. He made us exercise before we played ball and all that kind of stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And, but we were good. We were good. You know, I played shortstop all my life. And uh, 
And you had to play your position, and if you didn't good, do any good, he would take you away and put somebody else. So who did you play against? We played against, there was another team here at the church, it was called St. John's Baseball Team, and we played with them. And then for a little while, there was another team called the Royals, and uh, we played them too for a little bit, but they dissolved. St. John's didn't dissolve, they were still there. But we played um, a lot of teams from Lockhart, Seguin, uh, New Braunfels, uh, even Eulen and Niederwall. And, uh, and then later on, we joined the league here in San Marcos. By that time, the ladies were already dissolving. There was only about three of us left, and we started girls. We got girls to play. But so who were the original members of the team before you went to the league? Okay. And, and what positions did they play? Okay, uh, let me see. Um, we had um, Belia Mendez, and she played uh, out in the outfield. We had Nora Ovalle, and she played the outfield. We had Elsie, and she was a catcher. Uh, we had uh, Pumpkin, and she was a pitcher. Pumpkin? Uh-huh, Dolora Harris. And we had Terry Barrera. She was third base. I was shortstop. Second base was, uh, let me see, who was second base? So you said, Mar Mar what position Oh, Mary Mar Hale played first base, and second base, I think it was... Uh, is it Dora? Dora. No, Dora was a pitcher also. Pitcher? We had two pitchers. Loisa. Oh, Loisa. Loisa. Camacho? Yes. And, um, but she had a sister that played too, right? Well, Dora. Dora. Uh -huh. And uh, I think those were the older oh. ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, those were the pioneers. And then, as, like I said, as, as we started playing years by years, then, then after maybe three or four years, um, we decided that some of the girls didn't want to play anymore, so we got girls to play. But I never stopped. Uh, me, Elsie, and Mary Hale, we kept on playing. We never, we never stopped playing. We played all the way till 1992, I think. So what was the average age of the ladies that you first started out with when y'all first started playing? Okay, when we first started, uh, they were in their 30s. Wow. Yeah, because I was in my 19s, 20s, you know, like that. And they, of course, I was the younger one. They were all older, older. you know, than me. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, so the teams were mixed then or originally, and then you went to all women's teams? Yeah, it was all women's team at the beginning. Okay. The women that were married. Oh, okay. okay. They were all married and had children, you know. But at the time, they were still small, you know. They were, they were, some of them were teenagers and like that, you know. Then after we played so many years, the girls didn't want, the ladies didn't want to play anymore. So they decided, well, I said, well, we're just going to still keep on playing. We'll find some girls. So I took over and I found girls. And of course, I had two daughters that played. It was Dottie and Gail. And then I had, uh, on Belia Mendes, she had two daughters that played with me, which was, uh, Irma and Angie, and then we had Elsie's, uh, not our Elsie's daughter, but uh, Belia Mendez's daughters was Angie and Bonnie and Irma, those three. And then we had the Garza girls that lived in Miller Edition. There was three girls. It was Tony, Emma, and Susie. And then we had the... The Sandoval's. The Sandoval's. We had Patricia and Anita. And I think those were the... And Sly, don't forget Sly. Oh, and Sly Quintero. Yeah, and uh, those so why, are the why does everybody smile when you say well, sly? But Sylvia comes from a family of uh, she's got the three older brothers, and they were all athletes that played football for the 
San Marcos Rattlers, and they played ball. So they're they're a really well known family as far as athletics go because as sports, they're all as a sports. athletes. So, and, and Sylvia was a tomboy, so she was ready to play, you know. And she's probably the youngest one of the team, right? Yeah, no, yeah, she was the youngest, youngest one. one. Yeah. So how, how did you uh, fund um, equipment? How did you buy equipment for oh, the team? Oh, well, the equipment, of course, you know, we, uh, at the time, you know, it was hard to get supporters. It was hard to go and say, can you give us uh, money to buy this or that? We have a baseball team. Of course, you know, we couldn't advertise, so... You know, uh, the only way we were going to advertise is wear their T-shirts or something, you know. So we decided, no, we're having a hard time like that. I said, we'll just have an event. We'll just have a fundraiser ourselves. So we decided to make hamburgers at uh, at my garage, at Freddy's Car Cleaning. And uh, we would make uh, enough money to buy baseballs, bats, uh, catcher's mitt, and masks for the catcher, and bases, and... When we got all of that, we had it made, you know, and uh, we we worked hard in selling the tickets to to sell the burgers. She she handed me a ticket from 1988, and the cost of a burger that year was a dollar seventy five. A dollar seventy five. A 1988. Yeah, and you were able to raise all the money. And how many of those hamburgers did you make? Oh my God, we would make a hundred or fifty or. 200, it, yeah. as many as we have, the tickets we sold. We would sell the tickets first, and then we will make the burgers. So yeah. there's no waste. You already know what you did. Yes, yeah. and then, of course, other people that were there, they would come and buy automatically, yeah. you know. And so and how many times a year, or did you do it, like, on a monthly? Uh, was it a monthly we, fundraiser? Or, or? No, it wasn't a monthly fundraiser. Maybe every three or four months we would have a fundraiser, you know. And sometimes we'd have it because... We wanted to have a Christmas party also for the girls, you know, and so we would raise money for that, too. So when you made those hamburgers, I mean, was there ever any permits or anything through the city, anything you had to do? Not at the time. There wasn't yeah. so many red tape as it is now. Uh, it was nothing, you know. You could just make your burgers as long as there was water in a bathroom, you know, in which yeah. we had there at the garage. We had everything. And uh, so we would always make them there. We never had any problem. Well, Kathy, do you want to take another quick yeah, break? Let's, let's yeah, do let's do that. We'll be right back with you. KCSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas. It's summertime here in Texas. For a lot of kids, it's the best time of the year. But plenty of children in Texas and across the U.S. depend on the meals they get at school. For them, summer can be a time of hunger. That's why I'm teaming up with my friends at No Kid Hungry to make sure every kid gets a healthy food that they need when school's out. If you need to find free meals for your kids this summer, just text the word FOOD to 304-304 to find a local program serving free meals in your community. That's F-O-O-D to 304-304. Let's make sure every kid has a great summer. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Yes, just uh, one more way, you know, helping uh, nonprofits here. And, and Sylvia, we're talking about nonprofits and, uh, you know, uh, feeding folks with uh, the hamburger sales. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this question about the ball team. So, did when you turned uh, into the City League and you got all the younger girls that mm-hmm. came to play, 
Did you coach the Yes, I did. You coached I it. coached, and, and I played. And what was the name of the team? Tomboys. Then? The Tomboys. Yes, we changed it to Tomboys. The Tomboys. And did you have other coaches that came? Yes, we did. We had other coaches that came and helped us for a while. Like we had uh, Joe Enriquez, and we had uh, J.C. Jackson, and we had uh, Pio Flores, and uh, I don't remember who else. Bobby Rodriguez. And and Mr. Flores, because there's so, so many Floreses, which family did he come from? He came from the Flores that lived on Gravel Street. On Gravel Street, okay. Eligio. Yeah. He's a brother to Eligio. Eligio's brother, okay. I, I, I knew, I, I didn't know him, but I knew the others. That's mm -hmm. why I was asking. Um, so is, before we close, is there anything else that you like to say is like a memory that you would like to share, uh, a political memory? Because I know you have a fascinating history, and you were telling me that you have one of your photos hung. Is it in, in the Capitol? Yes. And it was a photo with uh, Lloyd, Doggett. Lloyd Doggett. So do you have a, a political story you want to share or a memory from growing up here in well, San Marcos with us? It's not. It was nice growing in San Marcos. I didn't have any problem. Um, at the time when we went to school, there was a lot of prejudice, but I didn't have any problem with anybody. So, did you go? What school did you go to uh, in the district? Because I'm going to assume when you were going to school, they were still segregated. To, segregated. Yes it, yes, it was. We were in Southside School up to the sixth grade, and after the sixth grade, um, we were we were on seventh grade. We came to the Old Main building, the educational building next to the Old Main. It was the Old Main and then the educational building. That was a high school. That mm -hmm. was our high school. And, um, you know, at the time we didn't have a lot of money to pay for a lunchroom or anything, you know. So we would run. You know how, how high the, the hill is there. Yeah. We would run all the way over there to Armstrong Street to eat lunch. And then we would run back in one hour and we would run back all the way to to the education. all the way back up the hill all the yes. way down to armstrong yes jeez well let me ask you this question because my dad mentioned something and i haven't been able to find anybody who can put validity to the story my dad said somewhere over in um dunbar there was a place called taco alley and he would say that a lot of the kids that would take tacos to school didn't want to eat them, and so they would toss them in an alley. Do you do you know anything about that taco mm, alley place? No, I don't know. Maybe Freddie, but all I know is that when you took tacos to school, uh, they would have a bag, and they would eat inside the bag like this. So because of the white people that that would make fun of them, you know, because they would think. But then later on, later on, like maybe. Uh, I want to say when we were at Lamar that we changed from high school from over there to Lamar High School over here. By that time, it wasn't the 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 prejudice wasn't so bad, so they 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 had already tasted the tacos, so they would change your taco for a sandwich. I know my dad would say I would have never thought he he would say everybody used to hide when they ate their tacos yes. they didn't want to eat their tacos and now there's a taco stand on every corner. That's right, and and, and everybody they, gets them for breakfast and yes, yes uh -huh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, but they they would hide them because they the the people would make fun of them. But after they tasted them, then they said I'll I'll treat my sandwich for your taco. Let me have your taco, you know. Oh. So was was there uh, we're talking about tacos? Was there a favorite taco that your mother made that you like to eat over over any of the other tacos that she made? 
Well, uh, really and truly, my mother never made tacos. We always ate in a plate. On a plate. Never made tacos. Baked a lot of bunch of tortillas about this high. Yeah. But uh, we ate with 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 a fork and tortilla and uh, in a plate. We we never ate tacos. What did you eat? I mean, what was the? Oh, well, the in meal? the morning they gave us breakfast uh, like beans and eggs and bacon, and uh, we always had meat because my dad was a sheep sharer, and we always had goat meat, sheep meat, or pork. Oh, okay. You know, or deer meat, all kinds of meat, and we had yeah. a cow and we had chickens. So we had we had all uh, everything that we needed, you know. My dad was a very good provider, so we never suffered for meat. I, I tell everybody growing up when I would come down to um, Victory Gardens there on Armstrong Street that as I would walk to the little tienditas. Yeah, uh, there were two, two little grocery stores. I'd walk down there to get a snow cone or uh, no, an ice cream cone. Ice cream cone. And you could smell just all the deliciousness yes. that was. You, you know, could smell all the tortillas. Everybody was yes. making tortillas in the well, evening. You could smell the tortillas or somebody was making arroz or, or beans, beans or whatever. And you could smell that, you know, as you walk through the neighborhood. Now you go by and you don't smell anything. I it's know. It, it is a shame because, uh, well, no, I do smell over my neighborhood over here off of Hunter. I do get to smell from the uh, tortilla factory. Oh, that's, yeah. Although that's not, not a, a good that's smell. not a good smell. No. And, uh, hey, I, w I did want to mention real quick, uh, did Priscilla get in touch with you? You are, she is going to be uh, contacting you to be in next week's uh, column in the, uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the show and uh, talking with you. Uh, so look in, uh, not this week's, uh, not today, but it'll be in next Sunday's uh, um, newspaper. And uh, it'll be in the KZSM column, and uh, Priscilla is going to be uh, talking with Kathy and doing an interview. And I would uh, like to say so that be okay. Awesome. And as we close out our show, we'll go ahead and, and uh, let Mrs. Garza finish it out. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, like I belong to all of that. I'm, I've been very active all my life, and I love to participate in the community and city and state and all over. Okay, so I belong to the American GI Farm of Texas and I also belong to the American Jay Farm of the United States of America. I am the, chap the chair for our chapter here in San Marcos have been for quite some time because nobody wants to take it over and I tell them you all better because I'm getting old and uh, and then I'm also the chair for the state of Texas women's uh, chapters and I am and I'm also just the past uh, vice chair for the United States of America women's chapters oh. you know so I have gone all the way to the top on the with the American GI Forum and I'm very uh, proud to do that it's a veterans organization and we're re really proud to work with it we help education we give out scholarships every year uh, the men and the women together we give about ten or twelve thousand dollars every year to the high school the high school kids and again, political activism with the American GI Forum, and I've talked about this on uh, some other shows. Uh, and it, my hats off to you. I mean, it's yeah. just it's a it's wonderful a, it's really, organization. It's really a good organization. It's a family oriented, and uh, uh, you can you can have your children come, even if we have all the events or whatever. You know, we have a lot of events going on, and we do have our hamburger sales to make money to raise for. Are at the education of the kids, and uh, we are having a convention here in San Marcos at the courtyard on uh, June the 27th, 28th, and 
we will be there. Uh, it's a state conference. And uh, like I said, I'm one of the chairs for the state board of uh, directors there. That'd well, be something I, I'd love to cover. Yeah, I'd wish uh, you guys the best of luck there. And just so that you know, I did go in front of the American GI Forum to give them an opportunity to come on to the show. Mm -hmm. um, I addressed uh, Jerry and the board members, and they did say that they would be coming on the show. I'm just waiting for them to, to give me a date. So mm -hmm. we look forward to having them on here. And um, Well, Jerry just joined, so he doesn't know too much about it. Well, I think... Uh, Oh, uh, Sanchez? Yeah. Jesse? The oldest one there is Freddie mm -hmm. and uh, Jesse mm -hmm. and Carabajal. Yeah, and I think Jesse Jesse was uh, going to get some information out of Corpus Christi, and then he's he's going to get back with me. But out also, of Corpus Christi? What I, th did you I think say? that's what he said. I don't know. Oh, don't, my don't. God. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and I also want to thank you guys because Mercedes got a scholarship from, from yes. the organization when she graduated from high school. And so, yeah. I remember yeah. that. From the men and the women. Mm -hmm. So she was very fortunate to get a scholarship. And uh, she's turned out very well, I do believe. Yes, and I do, <laughs> and I do want to um, say that we, we do need some new members, younger members, because um, the members we have are getting older, you know. But we have some new girls and stuff, but we still need some more so that they can stay and do the work that we need to, to do, you know. Well, we talked about that too, how, you know, how I see that so many of these organizations that they're not getting any, an infusion of new yeah. younger members. And so that's kind of my hope in doing this is to kind of have exactly. some people gravitate to. And that's, that's one of the main reasons. Yeah. One of the main we goals here these, of the station. Know, these, yeah. these people need to get, need to get uh, involved in all this stuff. You know, the Jeff Farm gets involved in all the city committees and all the city stuff that's going on and everything. We're in the parades, we're in whatever, uh, we need to go to the city hall for whatever, we're there, you know, or uh, anybody that dies military, we're there, you know, and like Mr. Celestino, uh, with the conference, one of the nights is going to be honoring him. Mm -hmm one of the nights because he was a commander for a long time yeah, and we mentioned him on one of our previous shows we mentioned his passing and so we you know want to do a, a, a little show on on those people that have you know pushed forward mm -hmm. uh, and he was really a good pusher he even wasn't at the beginning he was even with the Raza Unida mm -hmm. he started out with the Raza Unida I see yeah and then he he joined the Jeff Forum and and he uh, we were the third city to join the American GI Forum of Texas when uh, it was funded by Dr. Hector P. Garcia in 1948. Wow. March the 26th, 1948. Well, look at San Marcos getting on the bandwagon that, that quickly. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. it was the, it, we were the third ones to join. And it was just, you know, and it was just civil rights, politics, fighting for your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. I want to thank you for coming to the show. And as I said, we're going to have you back. Uh, and uh, I'll get with you, and we'll talk about your, because it seems like your family had a, a, a large input. You had a brother also who had a business here, so we'll talk about. Uh, yes, I do have my brother, yeah. and he just sold his business, business, you know. So we can talk about, about the, fam the family yeah. and just this gumption that they had to get out there. And, of course, I have my money. brother that died in the Normandy invasion, you know, uh, in, the, in World War Two. And he's... One of the names on the wall yes, that he is. they read one of the uh, at uh, Memorial Day just yes, this last is. week. Mm -hmm. So, well, thank you very much, uh, Miss Sylvia Garza and Freddie. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. And we in. have a program for for next week. We're going to do our our Juneteenth program. 
And so uh, David's going to be sending me a bunch of information so we can kind of pass that David on. Peterson. David Peterson, yeah. And okay. Then, um, we don't have a show for Father's Day, but we have a show for the following week. So well, who knows? We'll see what comes up. Yeah. Something, so, something will come up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go from there. All right. So, Kathy, Laura, thank you. And uh, thank you all for coming in and sharing your stories. We, it, it's This is... This is why we are here for community radio is to record and to uh, get the get the stories out. So uh, we appreciate uh, everyone well, helping us out. We're one of the oldest. <laughs> we're still leaving. We're we're very few left. I know. You know. Uh -huh. I tell uh, Kathy's uncle Alex, uh, we're we're real close to each other, and we talk on the phone all the time. And he says, "How many are we left?" And he says, "Don't even say. Don't even say we're on bar time." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Thank and we'll be back with you all next week. I enjoyed and, it. Uh, we've got coming up uh, Roscoe Taylor, and then uh, we've got the guys with the radio theater will be in here for 9 o'clock. So uh, thank you all very much, and uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow night, Vinyl Confessions, and uh, we'll be back with you here next week.